site uh, my name's Adam my name's Nathan and we're here to talk at you about Disney once again because when is that not appropriate um, <laughs> I'm gonna peel back the curtain and actually say the date that we are recording it's Tuesday August 13th and I only mention that because I could be watching Avengers Endgame as it was released today. So. That is true. I <laughs> So y'all better appreciate me not seeing that masterpiece a so day you're, earlier. You're uh you're still on the physical media. Yes, always. A hundred percent. I I have people talk about it, like Film Junk talks about getting off it too. Like they're still hot on the physical media, but there's always rumblings of going digital. I have zero temptation. Yeah. It's just like, it's a mess. I don't want it. It's just like, I love holding my physical stuff. And I keep yelling at people when they tell me I'm insane. It's like, you know what? The internet's going to go down. And everyone's <laughs> going to be coming crawling to me to watch a movie. <laughs> yeah. Or they change laws and you don't have access to what you Yeah, they've already screwed do. people with that. Yeah. And... The, the quality, eventually, it will catch up, but the quality of Blu-rays and stuff is better than streaming still. So, whatever, if you care about that kind of stuff, and I pretend that I do. Uh, but, yeah, no, physical media. Maybe we should pause this, and I what times? Hopefully we're done by 11 o'clock, and I can run out to Walmart and go buy Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> or tell Sam to go buy it. Are you going to watch it tonight? <laughs> At 11? For, for sure. I'll fall asleep to it. Sam was watching Infinity War. She had only seen it once. So she, yeah, she, she, we rewatched it the other day. Yeah, she's hooked. Because Max has made her watch, rewatch uh, Spider-Man a hundred times. So She's primed. So... That is that is related because, like I said, Disney is is today's discussion. Um, following up our previous Disney discussion, which was two thousand onward, yeah, Fantasia um, onward, I think it was. Yeah, Fantasia two thousand. So, 
<laughs> uh, we'll, we're working our way back and we'll do the 90s. We won't do two decades because uh, as you will see or hear, the 90s are chock full of goodness that uh, might take us a while to get through. Yeah, and there's not a lot to skip over. And we're going to start specifically... Well, are we going to start with Little Mermaid? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll kind of step back because uh, you said it was November? November 89. 89. So it's practically so, 90s. <laughs> and I think when you're thinking of 90s films, this always falls into that because... It had two months to live in the 80s, so it doesn't really count, I would say. Right, and I think it's late November. Yeah. So it's like five weeks in November, uh, so eight, the 80s. It's so we're just going to take it in the 90s. It, when people think of the 90s, it's in the 90s. And to clarify, because I don't know if we made it clear, but uh, we are only talking about Walt Disney Animation Studios films. Right. There are multiple studios maybe two main cartoon uh studios but this is the main one that puts out the good stuff and then <laughs> there's <laughs> the b team the yeah disney tune studios puts out the the tv and uh direct-to-video sequels they did some theatrical releases like goofy movie and Things like that. Did they do like planes and stuff? Yeah, they did planes and right. which I think is actually planes, pretty fire good. and rescue. Or yeah, that's called. <laughs> I think those are actually better than the Cars movies, but whatever. Who cares? Mm, that's probably <laughs> true. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen them, but yeah. So starting with, uh, so yeah, it was November seventeenth, nineteen eighty nine. The Little Mermaid, directed by Ron Clements and John Musker we brought up before this is their first uh foray into the disney family they've uh directed lots of stuff since um actually wait let me i'm pretty sure that's oh no wait oh no i'm wrong sorry uh they did they were with some other guys before but this is, I guess, the first of that two-man team-up. I won't spoil the uh, <laughs> the surprise for the next episode of what what they directed in uh, July second of nineteen eighty-six. <laughs> uh, that's a little tease for you, but yeah. So, Little Mermaid. I just watched this last night to refresh because I feel like this era there are a lot that I have watched both recently and frequently and for whatever reason little mermaid isn't one that i've really sat down and watched like i've maybe seen parts when my daughter's watching it but it's been a while since i enjoyed it for myself uh it's pretty good <laughs> it, it's amazing uh it's interesting uh, I'll mention, just to get it out of the way, uh, if you find yourself interested in anything we're talking about, look up, uh, it's called Waking Sleeping Beauty. It's a documentary that I believe the directors, or the producer of Beauty and the Beast, directed. And it's about from 84 to 94 of uh, Disney animation. And 
there's a ton to be said about the movie, but just check it out. It's called Waking Sleeping Beauty, and it's amazing, and it gets into the background and behind the scenes of, uh, like, Disney as a company. The whole thing was almost going to be sold off completely, and the parks would have been separated and all this stuff. So that would have been, what a world <laughs> that would have been. Uh, so, yeah, get into that. But th that... Sleeping, or I mean, uh, not Sleeping Beauty, Little Mermaid is kind of the revival yeah. of uh, the 80s are not complete garbage, but they are not... There's, a, there's a lull. There's, they weren't putting out as much, and the caliber is not quite as high as what you think of when you think of Disney. Right. There's the original like classics when Walt Disney was alive. And then this is like their second true golden age that is pretty much undisputed. Yeah. Like critics, everyone, kids, everyone loves them. Uh, you can just see by their, well, this one's over 30 years old or yeah, 30 years old now. And that it's still referenced and people know it Yeah. compared to so many other things that just come and go and no one cares about. Uh, yeah, Little Mermaid and mo a ton of the 90s ones. They're not bad movies, but Fox and Hound, Great Mouse Detective, all those things are not in popular culture the way Little Mermaid is or a lot yeah. of the other 90s stuff. So yeah, Little Mermaid definitely kicked things off for the uh, a string of hits for Disney, bringing them out of that recession <laughs> yeah it is bizarre um watching it one of the first things that i really notice and not that i have anything to, to directly compare it to but the animation is actually really good right like it's one of those things that you don't really pay attention to and especially today it's obviously there's the cg stuff looks practically real right like moana her like hair and the water and sets and stuff like that look pretty much photorealistic but with little mermaid it presented its own challenge with underwater stuff and just the literal fluidity of things like that's yeah. all hand-drawn stuff it is it's and insane you can, and you it is super <laughs> it's fantastic and this is not to criticize it, but you can tell, like, just getting into it, uh, not who's doing what, I'm not that good, but that there's different animators yeah. at different times. So, like, Ariel doesn't always look the exact same. No, no, no. One scene that was, like, really obvious is the iconic, like, at the end of Part of Your World where she, like, jumps up on the rock and there's right. the splash. And then it cuts to another angle of her just kind of holding that pose. Right. And it looks, like, cheap. Right. <laughs> like, it was the intern's day. Right. Like, here, you just draw that. She doesn't move at all. And it's just, like, she looks smaller than the rest. It's, right. It, it was, like, maybe the one bad-looking shot that I noticed yeah. when I was watching it. But otherwise, animation-wise, and, like I said, especially underwater, just, like, her hair moving... And when she lies down, I think it's in part of the world, right? Yeah. And like it actually touches the ground. Yeah. Get out of here. It looks amazing. 
And I think this is when they started to use um, some computer-generated stuff, but usually backgrounds. Okay. I think the only thing that stood out to me was her running down the stairs. Yes. The stairs are, like, CG. Not, yeah. that, not that they look like... I don't know, like Toy Story, like that kind of right. era. But like how CG. fast they go. But it's just kind of like even the backgrounds in Beauty and the Beast and stuff. You you know that's computer generated and they just put like a, um, what do they call it? Like cartoon shader or whatever on right. it to make it look 2D. But it's like no one drew that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I didn't do any research of that. Like I feel like her hair and things like that are still hand-drawn. They might have been using computers by that point to draw things, but I think they at least started as real sketches and everything. I would think so. I think I don't, know, I don't know what to extent, because I, actually I know for sure that Aladdin, like the genie, is all hand-drawn. Yeah, I think there's quite a bit. So this is before that, so very impressive. And then even one thing I noticed that I didn't really pick up on uh, before was at the very beginning there's like a kind of like a wavy like you're looking through water type pass over top of things yeah it looks but then like that, must, that goes away at some point because it's like they do the mysterious fathoms below the fish goes down and it's swimming through things and it's like i don't know if it's right up till the concert or whatever it seems like it goes away pretty quickly because i didn't right. notice it unless my eyes got used to it but I, no i don't I th think so i don't know if that's like uh this is what it looks like but we're gonna ignore it now or it's yeah i don't know like you get used to being underwater and yeah. your eyes are clear or it's something. basically how i feel when i watch 3d movies Yes. You notice it at the beginning, and then at some point, it's like your eyes are just used to it, and you don't see it anymore. I I feel... I hate 3D movies. Yes, it's a <laughs> it's cash a, grab. It is a joke, <laughs> I, and I feel I only register that it's 3D when it's ridiculous 3D, and it's yeah, on purpose. When it's the uh, gimmicky novelty, like, whoa, the train's coming right, right at you. And one thing... Uh, I think we mentioned it before, but I didn't say this. With Avatar, the one time that I actually really notice it's 3D, they're in, like, the mountains or the floating mountains there, and they're in that compound away from the rest of the group. Mm -hmm. And they once someone opens a fridge or some door, and there's a bunch of pictures on. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the pictures are in 3D. Yeah. And it's just like, that would be the thing that wouldn't be in 3D. <laughs> Or I thought it was the technology. Oh my goodness, I never even thought about that. That they're taking 3D pictures, and so here's <laughs> Jim saying, look at these 3D pictures. I, yeah, I guess that's true, I'm dumb. <laughs> but it was just like, why is that? Like, it, It's just like, yeah, Polaroid, it's all of a sudden 3D. It seemed ridiculous. Side note, if you're going to do a 3D movie, do it letterboxed. Right. And then have images bleed over that. I think that's... That's how you do a 3D movie, because, like, your eyes are like, whoa, I didn't expect that to go beyond that frame. Right. That's always the problem, is this is 3D up until the edge, and then it's cut off, right. and that ruins the illusion. I feel not the exact same, but similar to black and white, and that if it is an engaging movie and good, you start to not register 
that it's black and white. It's not that you don't realize it or whatever, but it doesn't... You just accept it. You just accept it. And I feel the 3D gimmick is such a cash grab gimmick. And the worst thing is so much... It's so hard to find movies playing. It's like three o'clock in the afternoon. It's the only non three D showing yeah. of a blockbuster, and it's all garbage. Yeah, yeah. And three D TVs that died. Like, does anyone have a three D TV, and does anyone use them that actually has them? I have a few three D Blu rays, but right. nothing to play them. On. <laughs> I had a projector, and I had three D. It and can convert things into 3D, but it doesn't look that good. But I did have Prometheus on 3D, and it's like I don't want to watch this with these stupid glasses on. This sucks. Yeah. Just I want. Plus, to, everything's darker. Exactly. I just want a crisp, yeah. bright, clean picture. Get on it, Hollywood. So, for all you uh, <laughs> Hollywood bigwigs listening, just <laughs> stop putting things into 3D. Right. Uh, so, Little Mermaid was not released in 3D. No. Did they re-release it? Because they did that for a few things. I don't know if they did it for cartoons. I feel like in the past five years, or maybe more, there were, there were things re-released. Because I know I saw Beauty and the Beast in theaters for some reason. I don't know if they just did I a I think showing. it was 3D. I feel like that one was 3D. Yeah. And it's like, eh. I, the, I don't like it. I don't want it. But I'm more willing, even like 2D, 3D, yeah, is more acceptable somehow. And not acceptable. I don't want it. It looks more like a diorama, though. Yeah, and I like it <laughs> <laughs> for that reason. But I and I want it not to have like five layers. I do. I want three layers. Three <laughs> D, middle, and four, <laughs> and nothing else. That's the way we used to do it. Keep it that way. That's uh, the way Dad did it. That's <laughs> the way America does it. That's yeah, right. It's worked out so far. Um, is this one of your favorites, Little Mermaid? Because you seem to, like, when we've talked about it before, you speak of it as if it's a perfect film. I would say it is a perfect movie. Like, perfect in that... There's, I have a lot of perfect movies. Probably, there's probably, I would say, 15 movies that I think are perfect. But perfect in that there are still screw-ups in them. Like we no, would, I, I, don't, I don't mind yeah. movies with like We both love Jurassic Park, yeah. and there's lots of screw-ups in there. Yes. But that's only after watching it 89 times that you start to yes. notice weird things. Which I just watched in theaters <laughs> this week. Right. And I noticed new things. It was insane how I saw things I'd never seen or heard things I'd never heard oh, before. Yeah, maybe on the big yeah, screen. Yeah, with the, with the sound, it was incredible. Uh, it was like seeing it for the very first time. I would say, I wish, oh, I would love, how much money would you give for a Men in Black little neuralizer oh. <laughs> to specifically erase certain movies so you could have the first time watch? But that, I don't know, because then that erases all instances of you watching right. it, and then would you love it as much, and then you just ruin a movie for yourself. I don't know, but just to be like, I can't believe I just saw yeah. <laughs> but Jurassic I, Park for the first time yesterday, and you got to tell everyone about it. There are a few movies, though, that even the ones I love, that I walk out 
thinking that there are some t still today that it's like, oh, that was really good. I'm going to tell people. Right. But, uh, like crawl an alligator movie that just came out. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> it was an amazing, but it was very good for what it was doing. Uh, I would say, yeah, well, I would a hundred percent give it a five out of five, but I think it's beyond five out of five in a way that it's, I'm not sure what I would give it. I didn't really think about that when I was watching it. Um, I think it's not my favorite. And I think that's why I hadn't seen it in a while. I, yeah. have, I have very vivid memories of when it came out and watching it with my cousins right. and stuff like that. So it's like, it definitely has that kind of nostalgic. There's feel weird things around about little mermaid, like the poster, original poster <laughs> yeah. with the very phallic, yeah, uh, I think we had that VHS case. Yeah, I have I don't that. think I still have it. I have it somewhere. And I, it's not even what we owned. I bought it recently at some garage sale for like five bucks. It's like, yes, I will collect more junk that I will never use. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, it's the old cover or poster. And it's Eric Little Mermaid on it. Ursula, I think, is in the Ursula's like in the background to the right and Triton's on the left, oh, yeah, yeah. and then the middle is the castle or the underwater <laughs> kingdom or whatever. Right. And one of the spires looks like... Just one? I think it's a bunch of them. Oh, no, it's one specifically. Okay. I mean, you can interpret all of them as, as you please, but there's one for sure. And it it, it kind of blends in because um, like the tip of it, <laughs> it, it doesn't protrude beyond like there's others behind it so it's not right. like obvious right. but if you're looking for it then it is oh, so nice. yeah i've definitely seen that and uh the other big one from this was the priest yeah i've never actually i've our, seen my that. friends uh have pointed said it but I've never consciously thought about it while I'm watching to Well, yeah, it. now on DVD it's removed. Okay. But it was his knee, they say. But he's got really short legs. <laughs> it's a cartoon, so it's, right. he has cartoonish features, but it looks like he has an erection. <laughs> right. And it's one shot, and it moves in the shot. Well, let's just get into it then, because there's also... Instead of getting back, uh, st stay on this topic. There's the Lion King Sex in the Sky, yeah, which a hundred percent was there. They uh, claim it's SFX. Oh, okay. And but then that, that feels like a cover up. Right. It's like why would you even put that like right. special effects? Like why would you do that in the sky? I feel like it is just random and. It, ended up looking like that but it is pretty clear it's when you're looking for clear. it clear and it's removed now i believe well i I'm, think because of the controversy they have to otherwise it's like yeah but I on the vhs it's definitely yeah and then there's the raja yeah which I've, i don't buy what people are saying i've rewound that and listened to it for myself don't let other people put it on YouTube. I just want the hard copy and listen to it. You do hear weird things. Like yeah, it's it's not a clean audio thing. Yeah, and again because I've no they've idea taken it out on DVD. Right. So on VHS, they didn't have the greatest sound quality to begin with. Right. So 
especially if you end up listening to that part over and over, right. you're going to wear it down. But still, it's like, it says, it sounds like someone, I don't know if it's Aladdin, saying, take off your clothes. Yeah. But then it's like, it could be anything. It sounds like take off and leave. Like he, he's going to, It could. and be it's, he's not even on screen when he says it. Yeah. It's, a, it's a background dialogue thing. I don't think, like, that being an audio recording that a human actor had to say, I don't think they would have got away with that. Stuff that animators slip in, sure. Like, well, and, well that's... The Rescuers. Right. There's, like, uh, I think it's actually, it was taken from Playboy. There's, like, a centerfold or something. Oh, in really? one of the windows. I thought there was just two mice screwing each other. No, when, when they're <laughs> on the, they're on the back of the bird and they're going down through the city there's a window and there's like a woman a naked woman okay. but it's like frames like it's so quick right uh, that i don't even know how someone found it but like it was confirmed that some animator disgruntled <laughs> like disney employee just put right. that in there right so it's like that's the kind of stuff and like the whole little mermaid penis tower like right. that's something that you can tell it's someone just trying to get away with something yes because i i could definitely see that i i've had to make like credit lists yeah for things and it's just rolling and it's like 150 people and i've chucked in extra names in there <laughs> from because i'm convinced no one's actually reading this yeah. so it's just okay yeah go 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 so then like and you find kind of obscure ones i forget her name but like what's dorothy's last name from gale so i found that out <laughs> put, put dorothy gale but i don't think most people know it's gale you think most people know i don't know about most people but anyway <laughs> but then like the film <laughs> <laughs> and then like uh what's it uh kaiser is it kaiser so and stuff and like no one ever picks up on this stuff my little world. That's very Monty Python of you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Is there any other ones in this one? I know there's lots of good. Disney controversy things put in. I can't think of them off the hand, but those are the main ones, I think. Right. Um, I mean, there's lots of kind of dirty jokes for adults I find in these movies that as a kid you wouldn't pick up on not that they're like that crude but it's like oh I never really got that <laughs> I'm trying to think of any I know they're there uh, I don't know but in I think Genie has stuff for sure yeah um, yeah in this one I don't know Scuttle says new seashells but that's like it could just be a change of clothes type thing they say right. about Scuttle is a great character. I find that he is one of my favorite uh, comic relief characters. And he's barely... He's one of those ones, and there's so many examples of this throughout movies, where it's... He doesn't overstay his welcome at all. Yeah. Like, he, he's probably in the whole movie 45 seconds. To, like, how many lines does he say? <laughs> what does he say he does the the whole scene when she first goes to him that's okay yeah and then he comes when she sees eric for the first time 
okay. and then he's there okay. on the beach. I'm wrong again. And then he sees Ursula slash Vanessa. Right. He's in it a lot. He's in. He's in Kiss a lot. the girl. He's in a lot. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay, I'm completely wrong. But but, but if, I feel if, like it's not overstated. I feel like if this movie was made today, yes, that's it would be too in your face and also too dumb. Right. Like he is dumb. But, but he's lovably dumb. Yeah, yeah. It's not obnoxiously like just over the co- top. Not that I hate him at all, but like him, him dumb. His dumbness <laughs> compared to Olaf's dumbness or innocence or whatever you want to call it. I much prefer Scuttle. He's so confident. Yeah, I, that, <laughs> that might be the difference. Right, and the voice is good too. Buddy Hackett. Uh, yeah, he's, he's good. Um, he serves a purpose, I guess. He sets some things up for the jokes later on. And yeah, actually (laughs) the best part with him is when he goes to warn them, he sees Ursula and then he comes and he's, he can't like get his point across. He's like, I saw her and... So she was there, and like, he like, can't say anything, right. and he's like, do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Yeah. And it's like, no, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> I was flying. I was, of course I was flying. And I, I saw the, the watch. The witch was watching a mirror, and she was singing with a stolen set of pipes. Do you hear what I'm telling you? The prince... He's marrying the sea witch in disguise. Yeah, it's good. That, yeah. To put that in there, that's, I don't know what you call it, talent, creativity, I guess. But to put, okay, we're going to have him get them, get back, but it's not enough for him just to explain what happens. We're going to make a joke of it and keep in his character that he's out of breath and all this stuff. Like, yeah. That's just smart. And creative was that scripted i think back then most things were that's what that's the difference i think maybe with like olaf i know there's a lot they used where josh gad was just riffing Impro- or whatever improvising i don't like improvising no i not don't <laughs> I, i'm a scuttle here i not don't it's not that i don't like improvising there's a million examples of great lines that have come from improvising but when people rely on it, it's like, yeah, we're just going to hire this comedic actor and we have a general framework, but we'll just let him riff. And it's not apparent. But even Scuttle, like that whole part, do you think that's scripted word for word? I no, feel like they I gave don't think him it's word a, for word. An it's... outline and it's like, you present that but this is the style that it's going to be right and he was kind of making that structure up on the fly right. maybe i don't know or it was completely scripted and he's i just feel like that would be a hard thing to act if it was written right. a certain way and oh, interpreting I it yeah. i uh, agree i just okay famously han solo says i know mm-hmm and apparently he made that up on the spot and they were having trouble. Yeah. That's great. You're a genius. <laughs> but that's two words and it's a lot of time and finally it works out and it's great. But there's, so m- there's other examples. A lot of modern 
comedies. I haven't even seen it, but the new Ghostbusters. Apparently, there was a lot of improvising going on, and it's just like you can't rely on that. And then I think to the opposite of not always comedic, but apparently, like Quentin Tarantino and the Coen brothers, and even Seinfeld for the writing of the show, they were like with Larry David obsessed. No, you say it, you can say it in a different, weird, funny way. But you say these lines, like they pour yeah. over, and I think you can get great parts from improvising, but you're never gonna, it's never going to be as good as someone locked in a room writing things for days or weeks or whatever, yeah. and thinking over and like rewrites and whatever. You will get one or two one offs where it's like, yeah, the I know, and that was great. Well, especially with callbacks and setups and payoffs right if you're improvising then that's just a one note thing usually unless i don't know the actor has that much control over the story and everything like there are some movies where it's almost 100 percent improvised they have the story but the dialogue is all improvised yeah so uh yeah it's just uh you see people going to their old bag of tricks where (laughs) they'll act in the same way or riff on it the same way and it's uh it's just not as good well and i think with ghostbusters answer the call (laughs) it's now (laughs) titled that's kind of the style with comedies these days like it's you can tell especially from the bonus features right they always have um well, not always, but like the Judd Apatow stuff, they'll have Lino-Rama, they call it. And it shows alternate takes right. of lines where it's like the punchline has just changed. You better have some of your world-famous cheesecake in there, huh? Oh, I made a peach cobbler. Huh. So we, we didn't go see Kenny Chesney so we could come here and eat peach cobbler? So we didn't go to the Dane Cook CD signing. We didn't go see Chris Angel Mind Freak. We didn't go see IMAX Into the Volcano. We didn't stay home and watch Mythbusters. We didn't stay home and watch Best Week Ever. We didn't go see the new Vin Diesel movie so we could come here and and eat uh, Peach Cobbler. They do that and they just pick out the hits and it's obviously not written unless they wrote down all these things and then they just see what works. Right. It's almost like cheating. Right. (laughs) Like you're just trying to get all the, the biggest laughs, so you record all these different things and see what works in the scene and cut and paste and whatever. Yeah. And yes, there are talented people that can, like comedians and stuff, that can think of things off the spot. But uh, John Oakley, <laughs> the local uh, Toronto uh, talk radio, he had a line, all his improvising is rehearsed. Where... Uh, oh, I just improvised that line, but it's like, no, I've had that in the back of my mind of if this situation or this type of situation happens, I will say that, right? And you can use, like, the standard jokes all the time in different circumstances or the same circumstance, and I feel a ton of comedians, like, oh, they got their best comebacks to hecklers, right? And it's just like they got 10 of them upstairs, And boom, they can fire them out. Whereas most people, including myself, are more on the George Costanza line of jerk store 
<laughs> not that it has to be bad, but it's always 20 minutes later, oh, that's what I should have said. And that's why writing is better than yeah. improvising, where it's like, oh, that's what I should have said. You wait on it, you think about it, you correct it, delete it. Yeah. So that's like um, rap battles. Right. Where it's, they're freestyling, and it's like, sure they're making it up to an extent right but they're not making up they're they're not just realizing at that moment right that bed rhymes with head like they right. knew that going into this so they <laughs> right. have certain things lined up and whatever yeah so and, it, and it's it, fine and i'm sure it's, a, it's it, a talent and it takes some skill but it's not as on the spot as you might think right exactly it's uh, God bless him, but like Wayne Brady, I love that guy. Mm -hmm. But it's just like there's a lot of, and you see it especially. It's so what? What's the word? Word not just obvious, but like, but when uh, Jimmy Fallon does all his impressions with other guests, and they have like the little beeper, beep 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 beep, and it's just like, I know that this is all set up. Yeah. beforehand it's not you're not giving dana carvey people he can't do impressions yeah. of it's like oh yeah we're gonna give dana carvey george bush doing this i can't believe it or uh this uh, ariana grande she's amazing when she does celine dion yeah. <laughs> it is amazing but it's not like oh that was just happened yeah. to work out <laughs> and it's like it's nothing against them but it's just like just tell don't pretend yeah it's presented in a way that it's random yeah maybe the situation i don't even know about that because yeah they'll right. do it where it's celine dion is singing about horses or whatever right. like and it's like whatever i feel be more upfront with your talent you have an amazing impression just yeah. do it <laughs> i don't need to pretend it's some uh game show this all has to do with Little Mermaid and Disney. <laughs> uh, one thing that I'll have to say, watch Little Mermaid Extra Features and uh, this Waking Sleeping Beauty documentary. So Howard Ashman mm -hmm. wrote the lyrics for the yeah. songs. And then I think, what's his name? Alan, Alan Menken. Does the music. Yeah. And I was gonna, I was trying to look that up. I think this might be the first time they collaborated, collaborated, perhaps. And so I know that Howard Ashman helped in other Disney stuff, beefed it up, but he died, yeah. and this is all documented or whatever. Like he had AIDS and everything and died. Yeah, but he beefed up. The other ones, but I think he even died before they came out. Yeah. I don't know if he worked on Aladdin, but I'm pretty sure he beefed up Beauty and the Beast. For sure. Because they were yeah. joking, like, how many time, how many things can you rhyme with Beast? <laughs> with the uh, East and all this other stuff. But you have to give him credit. The music in The Little Mermaid is something special. It's with, I would say like the big four that I always say, Little Mermaid, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. The music in those movies, I don't think it's just nostalgia. No. They are amazing, especially, like, at least one song is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> in that, like, their big song, like, uh, 
I, <laughs> at least one, I would say. Well, no. There's maybe one in each that doesn't hold up. Right. Uh, but I'm just <laughs> saying, like, I'm just saying, like, stuff you'll hear, like, the Celine Dion version on the radio yeah. of Beauty and the Beast, where it's, it is worthy Obviously, there's a lot of crap on the radio, but it is worthy <laughs> to be treated as more than just, it's just in this movie and you'll never hear it again. Yeah. You should hear it. these uh, These songs should be played on the radio. Um, he didn't have anything to do with Lion King. No. But, uh, yeah, yeah Little Mermaid, been... Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin. Right. So, and I think he died before Beauty and the Beast even came out. Yeah. Because, yeah, in 91 he died. Yeah. That's when Beauty and the Beast came out. So but you see him, this is, like, I got information from him. You w watch these documentaries and he's talking, and we talked about it before, where it's like you have the hero uh, sing what they're talking about or what they want, the second or third song in the movie and then if they're on board then they're on board and like the audience is on board with that character the rest of the movie and part of your world is <laughs> i don't know what to say it's amazing well yeah that was one thing watching this movie is it is i feel like it's different song wise than others because she's talking well because there's no kind of romantic song right like there's just that and it's her i don't know what he, he refers to it as but yeah it's like her wishes and dreams and like her longing and stuff right so um she kind of uses it as a romantic thing when she's singing to eric and saying part of your world in that sense but like it's still not beauty and the beast or um What's it called? The magic carpet one. A whole new world. Right. Like that's, those are like two people singing. Well, Beauty and the Beast is one person singing about two people. Right. But still it's, it's those couple songs. Right. And like he didn't do Lion King, but can you feel the love tonight? It's, they're right. clearly romantic. Right. That <laughs> is a good point. Little Mermaid does not have that because it's got mysterious fathoms below. The Daughters of Triton, which is kind of... <laughs> you forget about them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I never forget about the Mysterious. first one. I know. <laughs> I love that. Like, yeah. just like manly sailors. It makes me... That's what I also like in Pocahontas. Yeah. They, they, they are... Those two movies are so similar in a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, they are, actually. Um, and then part of your world which it seems like there's a there's no music for a long time right well i guess no it does come up pretty quickly yeah. um and then part of your world reprise right <laughs> like she sings it again and then she oh and then ursula's song yeah and kiss a girl poor unfortunate soul and then, oh i guess kiss the girl that's a romantic one i guess yeah it is but she it's kind of like being the research someone else is singing it. So, okay, right. maybe it's... And it feels short. It is, I feel Kiss the Girl could be, I, as far as 
favorite like if you said what's your favorite of little mermaid uh, i obviously part of your world is the obvious pick and that's yeah. all fine but kiss a girl when it gets going it doesn't every single time you watch it it's like you don't really kind of remember how much it gets going at the end yeah. like it's like it's real it's even awesome. the beginning i love the layers when he's like calling everything in <laughs> right strings <laughs> winds Woods. Like, it's, <laughs> it's so, so good, good. <laughs> it's hilarious and is he i don't believe he's jamaican the voice actor <laughs> on that which uh, i love like you don't think the actor is yeah. or um, who plays sebastian i feel like probably not um, but i love that i know other people have problems with that but i like lumiere I like people putting over-the-top <laughs> accents on things. I don't care who you are. Well, so the thing with Sebastian is, why does he have a Jamaican accent? He's from the water. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I don't, Jamaica's an island. That I don't feels mind like it. it's near like the water. But yeah, he's an immigrant, I guess. Like Wherever they are, he's not native to that Where are place. they? There are, you see like on Pinterest and stuff, like maps of where all the <laughs> Disney movies are. And, like, there's a bunch, like, Pinocchio's Germany and all this weird stuff. Yeah, I but, can see that. But then, like, Atlantis and all this stuff. But then there's some obscure ones. Like, Little Mermaid, where it's like, you do have, like, yeah, Eric's, we assume they're speaking English. <laughs> <laughs> but he has this weird castle. That's one thing, not really a criticism, but you feel... The other movies uh, have more, not production value, but like more detail in the castle. Like the Trident's castle seems very empty. Like yeah, it's just like blurry. At all. It's blurry, and you don't really get a feel of it. Like you know what the palace in Aladdin looks like, yeah. and you know what Pride Rock is, and you yeah. get a feel for the geography of it. You don't really get that good of a thing with uh, Eric's palace, castle, coastal thing. Yeah, like you don't. It get has it. a Mediterranean feel. I right. Th like yeah, almost Greek. Yes. Like there's the because doesn't have like a blue dome and isn't that a thing in one? I don't know what the yeah the city is. I don't know. I'm trying to remember a blue dome, but it doesn't. Um, it definitely has that like uh, stucco, coastal Greek white look. Um, so Samuel just... E. Wright is the voice of Sebastian. He's American, so I'm doubting. Like he could still have that accent, but I doubt right. he does. He had. He also voiced Kron and Dinosaur, and he didn't have an accent. So right. Probably not. I think it's. <laughs> good to have different accents in animated movies like that's the whole yeah, point they're cartoons to, they're cartoons and to differentiate between people like even in pocahontas you still got the scottish guys and whatever yeah. so you they're still it's easy to tell who's talking <laughs> and that kind of thing like the voice is so much more important in animation than just regular movies i feel I don't feel anything. I know this. <laughs> I didn't know who did Eric's voice. 
Eric, I am told by female folk that he's one of the better princes. Princes. Yeah, and watching it, I was thinking he definitely is because he has more of a character. Right, he's not just... For the ones that are focused on the princess, the princes don't. Like, right. best example being Snow White. He has zero character other than he is a prince. Right. And shows up. <laughs> shows up. Those are his qualities. Um, Punctual. 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 Sorry. Prince Philip in Sleeping Beauty does stuff. Yeah. He, I think, is one of the better ones. I like him a lot. I he, just rewatched He actually, it. just because he... He kicks ass. Yeah. He, <laughs> he gets stuff done. Uh, Take him up. Get her done. <laughs> um, Do your stuff. Who else? Uh... Beast is a whole other thing. The Cinder, who's Cinderella's guy? Yeah, he's kind of the same. Like he's a step up from Snow White. Right. Like I think his name is Prince Charming. He doesn't even get a real name. No, that's his name, Mister yeah. Charming. <laughs> um, he does a little bit more than the other one, but not much of a character, and nothing even physically distinguishing him from just another guy in the crowd. Right. <laughs> like. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Eric, I guess, especially at this point in time, before these other ones come, like Aladdin and yeah. uh, Beauty and the Beast. But, but with Aladdin, just because the name's Aladdin. It's more about him anyways. It's more about him, but like Jasmine's, you wouldn't say necessarily equal, but she's a ma major character. Yeah. And Beauty and the Beast, it's both of them, obviously. Yeah. So, it's, uh, like, Jasmine is vital, and she's throughout the movie. She doesn't just show up at the end or something like that. She's the point of the movie. She is some prize to be won. <laughs> so much as she would disagree. <laughs> is it, when did Independence Day come out? 96? I think so. Yeah. When did Aladdin come out? wrote all this down point is 92 like those are my only two references to a jasmine in four years time there's two jasmines <laughs> how many other jasmines in movies are there jasmine neighbors moving out and will smith plays the genie <laughs> There you go. Couple things. She seems like when she can't speak, she seems like a bit of an idiot. Like she has a blank yeah. stare on her face sometimes. I always remember when she jumps the horse over the gorge there. She looks crazy. She, yeah, she looks like an insane person just like yeah. trottling along and it's just I don't know what that is if that's just because it like okay we can't have her speak so we're gonna exaggerate her now i feel like when i was watching it i did notice certain expressions when she had a voice we're talking about ariel again <laughs> not jasmine. <laughs> jasmine um yeah when she like at the beginning i don't know specifically what parts but there were times where i definitely thought Oh, that kind of looks like her later on when she can't speak. So, obviously, there is 
There's a reason why they used to call people who couldn't speak dumb. <laughs> right. But, yeah, in this That's case... That's a good, interesting point, actually. Um, the big flaw in this is she can write. Yeah. She signs her name. It's proven that she knows how to write in English. She has an excellent autograph signature. Yeah. The, the little whip at the end. Um, so unless that's the only thing she knows how to write, maybe her speaking English, I don't know. They definitely can talk the same language. But with that contract, I think she has to be able to read and write. Yeah. <laughs> because so, would that contract be binding if she couldn't read that contract? I don't think Ursula's <laughs> caring about that. No, but but that no, but that I like that 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 is actually what you binds think it was them. Notarized, <laughs> but I think that's what makes it official. Like Triton has yeah, to. Yeah, no, yeah, obviously. Like she screwed it's them. It's a magical contract, and it has to be fulfilled. Yeah, so I'm sure there's some sort of rule about. <laughs> You can't just not look at it. I don't know. Maybe you could. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sign it. Whatever. That could be written into it. You don't have to read it for this to be binding. <laughs> That's good. Or this is even a contract, but it makes me think of uh, Woody in the first tour story when he's reading the agenda. It's, oh, and one minor note, Andy's birthday party will move to today. <laughs> it's like just trying to sneak it in there. Yes. To make it that it's like on the record. Yes. <laughs> that he can plausible deny or whatever you want to call it. Plausible deniability. Yeah, like when it's come up years later or he's like, no, no, I mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that is amazing. Uh, one thing I like also, many things. We should talk about a few things we don't like, maybe. But I, that there's a backstory between Ursula and Trident. Is it Trident? Am I saying that <laughs> That's right? That's the gum. Triton. <laughs> Triton. Or Trident is the thing. The thing. <laughs> but it's King Triton. 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 But he holds but a. Trident. Trident. Oh boy. Okay. The king. The, him and Ursula have a backstory that's never explained. Yeah. She and just like mentions it. when I lived in the palace or whatever. In my day, we had fantastical feasts when I lived in the palace. And now look at me. Wasted away to practically nothing. Banished and exiled and practically starving while he and his flimsy fish folks celebrate. I like it. Yeah. I love things not being There's explained a grudge, to me. But it's not like, I gotta get revenge. And yeah, it's not ham fisted. The new Mad Max. Well, new. It's probably 10 years old almost. <laughs> but Fury Road. One of the things I love about it is it practically nothing is explained. And it's yeah. like bullet farm and whatever. And it's like you just assume this <laughs> they make bullets, you never see it. And it's just your imagination. I remember um, my buddy mentioning, like, when they're like saying the salt area, and he's just like, oh, he thinks that's like the dried up oceans. It's like, yeah, that could be it. But they never mention anything. It's just like, let your imagination run wild when there's just weird references or whatever. And I feel it's almost. It's not always bad, but like all the Star Wars stuff, 
where it's like, oh, we're going to go back and explain who Boba Fett is. Yeah. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. It is always bad. It is always bad. There's no good of it's, explaining that stuff. Right, because it's like, it, it, you explain it, and then it's not as cool anymore. Yeah. And mysterious, and that's, you can make things, things are cool because there's a limited amount of them. As soon as you get to know anybody, <laughs> right, where you start thinking about this stuff too much like we do, yeah. and it's like, this doesn't make any sense. I like the backstory. I love Triton. That he's huge and built. Um, <laughs> I shared this uh, <laughs> just a little while ago online uh, when I, f I think it was for our anniversary when we went to Disney. Like our anniversary? No. <laughs> uh, Brendan and I, uh, our first year anniversary of being married, we went to Disney and we were married in June. So we happened to go during pride week right like it was when this was just starting to be a thing i feel right. like so it wasn't like a big deal but it was noticeable right people being around and the best thing was <laughs> in one of the gift shops overhearing two guys and one picks up like a <laughs> king triton doll and this quote has stuck with me <laughs> he said King Triton is like the ultimate babe. <laughs> I can't look at him without thinking that. Like his giant nipple is always in your face. <laughs> like he's ripped, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> and he has an admirable beard. Yeah, that beard. That's the thing. How old is he? <laughs> he seems sprightly. He's just yeah, and he has he all went these. Early. He has lots of daughters. Yeah. I like him when he actually, for the short little part when he's fighting, I feel... Fighting. I, not fighting, but... Destroying like, stuff? Yeah, using it. Oh, I guess. <laughs> but doesn't he... No, he shoots the contract. He's not fighting. That's how he signs. Yeah. No, but doesn't he shoot the contract oh, to, try to, try to destroy, destroy it? Yeah. So he's not fighting, but I just feel... If there was ever a prequel, I know there has been maybe prequels, but I don't want to watch that crap. But I could Ariel's beginning. I could get on board with a little Trident backstory, maybe. There, I have seen that, and there isn't. There is a mother backstory. Yeah, I don't. Want and that. she gets like run over by a pirate ship or a ship, and that's why he hates humans. And the See, whole, that's the bad. whole the whole plot is he outlaws music because she loved music and she died so now no one can listen to music. So there's like a whole it seems like the opposite of what you would do. But that's the thing. It's it's like uh, Sebastian is all like uptight, but he sneaks away and he's part of like underground. an underground club where he plays music. And then Ariel, Ariel finds out and she's like, "What is this? What's music?" And it's basically like Footloose, but. <laughs> Oh, it's it, it's all right. It's not great, and the <laughs> the, uh, the bad it guy. pretty bad. The bad guy isn't even Ursula, which you would think in a prequel they could incorporate that, but it's um, voiced by Sally Field. Okay, I think she's just a mermaid. But anyways, does she have black hair? Uh, maybe. See, that's one thing. Talk two things. I'm talking about Ursula. This new, they're remaking everything. Yeah. They got the uh, new memory. People, 
complaining about the race thing, 100% agree that's insane. But I will say, I do want her hair to be red. I do think... I think they can do that. No, I think they can. But people like, oh, no, it, her hair can be what... No, her skin can be whatever color you want. Her hair cannot be. It's, yeah, like, it's that's a pretty big part of her character. That is, Unless you're going to do Little Mermaid and she's not Ariel and she's just another mermaid. That is something. But don't give me... Do not give they me... They won't do that. Don't pretend... Do not serve me Ariel <laughs> without red hair and expect me to accept that. But Ursula, I love how fat she is. It's... There, how many fat characters are there main characters? There's always like a fat side character. And that she's bad, I feel is even better. It's just this fat, disgusting... She even makes a joke about it. Yeah. Wasting away to nothing. <laughs> it's great. She rolls out. Yeah. And she has a great gut. Like it's, it's she see, owns it too. That's yeah. the thing is, it's not like it's not even played for laughs. Like really? that's usually it's like, oh look at this fat person. Yeah. It's just like no, that's just the way she is, and yeah. it's not like made a spectacle of. Yeah, I just like her design and she looks her really soft. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's her, her arms. Like that's another. I love the animators. animation. Like the underwater feel of things like right. it's not rigid like when you're underwater things do kind of move around like that right so that's another no, way i like her hair i like that she's fat i like her uh, flabby arms like an old fat lady here's a question though here's an answer is she wearing clothes well that's <laughs> interesting because ariel is clearly wearing seashells right. she has a bra on but she's got fins right ursula has tentacles and you can see like the suckers on them yeah but she's kind of wearing something like uh what do you call it almost like a corset right. type thing is that removable or is that just the way she is right <laughs> I I I think have about these things. I don't. I don't know. It'd be I very said, weird if her whole body was the purpley color and that was her skin tone. Purpley. Oh yeah 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 yeah. She, yeah. Her, skin, her skin's purpley like and her pale bottom purple. is black. Yeah. It would it would really bother me to see that. <laughs> I'm glad you thought of this. I think about naked cartoon characters all the time. Here, okay. <laughs> Here's okay. I won't even save this for another episode. Monsters Incorporated. Clothing. What are the rules here? Because some of them look like they're clothed, like Mr. Waternoose is wearing like a suit, or at least this top half is. Right. Cecilia is wearing a dress, and Roz is wearing a sweater. Mike and Sully are naked, as are most monsters. Now, Celia's dress could be her skin, because it's kind of scaly. But Waternoose, I don't think he was made, <laughs> he was born with that vest, that three-piece suit. And Roz definitely changes, because she's wearing a... Uh, Spoiler alert, she's number one. So she's wearing the yellow sweater at the end. Right. Unless she's wearing that over. 
So, anyways, <laughs> I love. It. And then if you get into the Monsters in, University, there's all, there's a peril for the universities. I like so that, that you're anticipating arguments against yourself. <laughs> naked these person. are the things I think about for sure. Uh, what else is there to think about? So, <laughs> sit on that one, and maybe we'll get back to it at another time. Okay. But uh, send us your answers at line of sight pod at gmail.com yeah. or at line of sight pod any on theories on that would be good uh, is the octopus thing uh, is that a thing in like myth like merfolk yeah like did, did Disney make like that that's up that's original or is it like because that's awesome yeah it is a really good idea and I feel not that there's anything that implies this at all but it's like was she cursed to look like that and was she a mermaid before and like transformed into that maybe or whatever or is there octopusy people <laughs> um connected to james bond octopusy yes uh all good questions <laughs> that i don't have the, the answers to. I, I love that we're pretending that these are good questions <laughs> and legitimate questions that should they be. are um they may always be unanswered. I don't know. You could, I guess, find out if something like that existed before in yeah. folklore. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Ursula was a character in The Little Mermaid of the Hans Christian Andersen. Yeah, that was me. I want to check that out because I feel like this is nothing like this. Kind of like uh, the Ice Queen in Frozen. I think it's like loosely based this is a thing and then they made a completely different story right um rightfully so because some of those like old fairy tales are just messed up yeah so some of them i feel like i don't want to make them for kids but i would i feel like the pendulum has swung too far the other way where we're too nice where i would like some death and destruction and the children die at the end like on the Christian answers. I don't want it horrible, but like I do like morals of the story, like don't do this or bad things yeah, happen. I feel like yeah, morals aren't a thing anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking about gruesomeness, um, Rapunzel is a lot more dark and like bad things happening to people in the actual story, like the the prince or whoever it is goes blind, right and. Something happened, Mother Gothel, I forget what it is that happens to her, but in the Entangled, she does fall out of a tower, but she kind of turns to dust by the time she hits the ground, so it's not as bad. Right. That would have been amazing if it was thud, bounce. Yeah. <laughs> that's the classic, like, that's such a go-to way to kill people, just falling, falling. falling off. The Emperor... Gaston, I'm just thinking, like, not Scar necessarily, but he kind of he, falls down. He falls, but... Mufasa the... falls. Like, to kill people, gravity's the way to do it, it seems. <laughs> it, for, like, children, especially. Like, they can understand that, and it's, yeah. like, the most... And you don't have to show it. You right. can either not show them land, or you can show them lying there. Right. Like... Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Jody Benson. If you're out there on the Instagrams, follow Jody Benson. 
she's wonderful. She's the voice of Ariel. And she was at Disney World recently. And she's walking around, and she's in a Little Mermaid t-shirt. I love celebrities that embrace what they're famous for and don't shy away from it. And she loves that she was the Little Mermaid, and she fully takes it in. And will, and it's not that everyone would recognize her, but yeah. I just like, or don't shy away what made you famous and successful. And like, she, I've heard her speak, and she is thankful for it, type of thing. And like, yeah, it's, have, be proud of <laughs> this amazing movie. And that's really, not that that's all she's done. But uh, no, she's she, mostly voice work. She she was in Enchanted, right? Because yeah, was, as like that is a cameo, right? I would call, and that she has a couple other credits, but mostly all voice stuff. So yeah, it's one of those things where I would almost expect her to like. There's those people that kind of hate the roles that they're famous for, right? And that's but I feel like yeah, she's all for it. And, like, she's done the voice. She did Ariel's beginning in 2008. Yeah. Uh, and she's great as Barbie in the Toy Story. She is great as Barbie. Um, I have not seen her on Instagram. I did see something recently where some bride's father hired her to sing at oh, really? her wedding. She came out and sang Part of Your World. Yeah. And the bride didn't know it, so it was a big thing. No, she was at, yeah, the Fan Expo a couple of years ago, and she, she sang, and it was amazing, the best thing. Like, I just, like, embrace who you are. You're not going to get... I feel like these... <laughs> this is the peak, honey. This is the peak. People that Although know... she was Thumbelina, too. Right. People like that, the same year, too. People that know me... Or later, no, no. Well, maybe not. No, but I, sorry, there's a Little Mermaid TV show, which I was not aware of. I have an obsession with know your role. <laughs> and it's a very, people would think it's not cynical or judgmental or whatever you want to call it. But it's just like, I feel I have accepted my role in society. Of <laughs> and it's a, Know your place. Know your place and know your role. <laughs> and when celebrities... Do not embrace like The Rock. He, I, I like The Rundown. All his other movies, I do not think are good movies. But I love him, and would support like if he needed a hand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he just, and even Tom Cruise, as crazy as he is, I think is a good celebrity, right? Whereas other people, it's like. It's hard to say until it ha or not until it happens, <laughs> uh, because it's not your experience. But I feel like if my ten seconds of my time is gonna give some people joy just because I exist and I'm an actor, it's like that's the easiest thing, and I think I would be amazing at it. <laughs> Whereas I'm trying to think of examples of jerk Hollywood people. I'm sure there's lots, but it's just like... Yeah, I've heard of... Tons. Few. I think the majority are probably jerks. 
and full of themselves. I can't even think of like the most extreme examples, but right. Just appreciate that people love you for pretending you're someone else. A <laughs> uh, couple more things. I think we're running long <laughs> on this Little Mermaid, but I I want to run long. <laughs> I want to get. I feel like there's some things that I'm missing, but. Um, you really you said something about things we don't like. I I don't really like when she loses her voice, like that whole section of the movie. And I don't know if it's because of like you said she looks dumb, but like I don't know what it is. But once she loses her voice, it's like okay, let's wrap this up. Let's get to the yeah. conclusion kind of thing. Um, although like Le Poisson is in there, right? That is a great scene and that specifically that scene makes me think of watching it with my cousins because i remember like everyone just dying laughing it's it hilarious like, the greatest thing i ever put on screen <laughs> uh that that just made me remember uh him at the end of the movie mm-hmm. when he's chucking the knife or hatchet or whatever it is like the butcher knife yeah cleaver the cleaver and the way he slides across that boat (laughs) and grabs the knife as he's sliding and gets back up to chase uh sebastian (laughs) is amazing like it's like a tom cruise slide (laughs) across yeah an action movie (laughs) it's like amazing (laughs) i know the animator just must have loved that like it's just like he's like an action star the guy comes sliding in (laughs) Like, so, yeah, he throws the knife, it hits the wood in the wood, and then so he has to pick it up, but rather just run by, pick it up, he comes sliding across, picks it up, and is on his feet and is on his way. Uh, most movies, well, Aladdin, you actually kind of feel that it's from the 90s because of Robin Williams, but I feel like most of them are timeless. This the thing would be her dresses. The uh, wedding dress and the when the king changes her into the sparkly dress. sparkling Vanna White dress <laughs> is a little that of is, its time. Every time I always like if I'm watching it with my wife, I will turn to her because she always comments on it. She's like, "It's so modern." <laughs> In any Disney movie, they don't get that modern. Right? They're always a little more classic. But then it immediately goes to, from that to the puffy sleeve wedding dress the, that like, also prin- looks really dated. The now. Princess Diana dress, like it's I, yeah, look, yeah, I guess it looks the yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it's just like more puffs. It's crazy. Uh, and would approve. I don't know. That's a Anne of Green Gables reference uh, for you. I don't know. I just remember them getting drunk. <laughs> I don't know what that, that was. does happen. Marilla, look at the puffs. They're ridiculous. You'll have to turn sideways to get through the doors. Can't be real. Now that we're through Little Mermaid, we can continue our 90s discussion by starting to talk about the actual movies that were released in the 90s. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, so after uh, 
Uh, it's almost actually a year later because it's November 1990. The Rescuers Down Under is released, and this is kind of an, one of them that it would almost make more sense that it was released before Little Mermaid because it is one of the lesser um, known or, or celebrated <laughs> Disney films. In fact... So there's The Rescuers. There's The Rescuers that was... Is that with the crocodiles? Yes. 1977. See, I don't even know if I've ever seen The Rescue, I feel Rescuers like I just... Down Under. Oh. Is that the one with the bird? Yeah. I've just seen that scene because that's like a great animation. It is. Uh, yeah, Rescuers was 1977. And I'm pretty sure I've heard this, and I'm just confirming. Rescuers Down Under is the first computer uh sequel hmm. made by disney animation studios interesting there is no other um period frozen 2 may be the only other one and that's not even out yet that's horrible too um, no but it's just like it, it because shows. they put it all into that disney tunes i don't know why this one was made uh, yeah, I don't know. That would be interesting. Um, yeah, I think right up until... Oh, no. Um, Ralph Breaks the Internet is the next one. And then Frozen 2. See, it's a, bad, uh, it's a bad sign <laughs> going into sequels. That's like the Pixar downfall. It's going to just be... We're not original anymore. We're just about printing money. You Okay, I do agree with that. But... In the case of the Rescuers Down Under, I think I've seen the Rescuers maybe once. Well, yeah. So I, I don't know a ton about it, except that I I don't remember it. Like, So you don't know the Rescuers, really? really? Not, yeah, I, did, I barely know the Rescuers. I know the idea of it. I can hear the little girl's voice in my head. I know what the characters look like. Like the, the gators, the lady. I don't know. It's 20 bucks for both movies. Buy it. Yeah, I don't understand. 20 for the second one is worth it. I don't understand why I don't so, know this. So, you don't have anything to say about the rescuers other than that one scene you know. I just, and there's like some uh, jet skis that look cool in the first jet, uh, rescuers with the crocodiles or maybe. something. <laughs> They're like New Orleans or something. Like some maybe, yeah. I don't bog. know. Yes, it's like in the bayou. That's me adding to cart. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would pay $20 for the rescuers down under. It is that good. Uh, obviously, it doesn't... I pay well over market <laughs> value for stuff that is not that good all the time. Um, so, rescuers down under is amazing for various reasons. I think the fact that it's a sequel works to its advantage because it gives no backstory. I love that. It just goes right into it. It works as its own film. Uh, like, I think the only things is that um, in the first one, Bernard is just like a janitor and then he gets pulled along on the mission with Miss Bianca. 
that's like the only memory I have of things that, that actually happen. And then in this one, they're just partners and they get a mission right away. There's a whole subplot of him wanting to propose to her, but it's like, you don't need the first one to establish that they know each other. It's just, oh, these are two mice that work for the rescue aid society. And yeah, just go. Like it just gets right into it. Uh, the pace of it is like super quick. There's, there's no backstory for them. There's no backstory for the kid. That's what I would actually, just to throw two cents in, Little Mermaid I think is good, well paced, and that it's, you yeah, it, it might drag a little when she has no voice, but yeah, continue. Sorry. Um, having said the Little Mermaid's animation is good, the Rescuers Down Under is actually far better. Like I, I can say far better. Because it's using, it's obvious when it's using the computer generated stuff, but it looks good still. Like the whole opening, um, <laughs> we used to watch over and over. It uh, it shows like a bug, and it crawls up this blade of grass or something, and then takes off. But when it does, then the music starts, and it's just like flying across this field in the, the outback or whatever. Yeah. And it just looks incredible because it's going at such a quick pace and it flies in towards where the kid's house is. But like that whole thing, it's the opening credits. And I remember like me and my brothers lying on our stomachs doing like Superman pose and like flying <laughs> over these fields of cotton or whatever it is. Uh, it's awesome <laughs> so like right away it does that I don't want to give a whole play-by-play -play, but I kind of want to because it's so well done it goes into the kids house he sneaks out because he hears the call like the animals called him whenever there's like something in tr uh, another animal in trouble so I think you actually hear that and he sneaks out but on the radio it's one of those things like you could easily miss it but there's something being said about poachers or I don't know if they actually name the bad guy in it but there's something that's said about uh, I haven't watched it that recently to pick up but I know that whenever I do watch it it's like oh I forgot about that they kind of do set things up so anyways like it gets right to it that there's this bird that's been captured and he goes to free it right and he does and makes friends with it and then like that's it like it's just moves along like so quickly and i know you've mentioned this about um kind of uh men in black and hellboy where you kind of expect it to be like the small mission to set things up and then there's a bigger mission. Right. But it's the, you realize it's like, oh, this is the main story. Right. It's kind of like that, but this is a cartoon that's like 80 minutes or whatever. So it's like, just go, 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 go. Yeah. Like, just get stuff done. And it just sets things up. There's a great scene. So eventually, uh, yeah, I won't spell everything out, but there's a great scene where, uh, a bunch of mice are sending signals to other mice around the world to like get to the headquarters right. which is 
really well done. It's like kind Lord of, of the Rings? Yeah, kind of like that, lighting the torches, but Mulan. they each have their way to communicate. So, like, some of them are, like, taking over computers, like, they'll distract the humans and then use their computers, or some just use Morse code. It's awesome and unique and really well done. Uh, what else can I gush about? Like, the two main characters aren't even that standout, but, like, Bob Newhart is is great. Like, right. I don't know him, like, I know he has his own show and everything, but, like, He's that kind of like every man character. He's a mouse, but like he's just the kind of schlubby hero. Like he yeah. he he comes to his own and whatever. So that's where it's like you don't need the first one. I'm sure they do the same thing in this one, but this one just really stands out to me as one of those like childhood movies that I'd watch over and over. Um, and then there's the the Australian mouse that they uh, encountered. Jake, which always seems like he's always so cool and he can do anything and that's kind of the point but then Bernard becomes the hero at the end uh, Marahute the eagle is pretty cool, there's the whole flying sequence when they're becoming friends like, there's just this movie needs to be seen by more people <laughs> I don't want it to, okay, and then the biggest part about why is the villain is one of the greatest Disney villains. So who is the villain? So his name is McLeach. So it's not the woman. No. So it's um, someone new. So this one's in Australia, if you didn't get it by the <laughs> title. Um, Are these mouse, mice Americans? So one is... Uh, Bernard's the American and Miss Bianca is Hungarian, I believe. Ooh. So that's the thing. Uh, the the rescuers or the Rescue Aid Society, they're all... It's like the UN almost, but with mice. Right. And they send... So they have delegates and it, there's a whole scene. I think they do the same thing in the first one, but there's a whole scene where you see all the different countries. So there's all the stereotypical mice and I cannot tell you how much I love stereotypes. They're one of my f truly favorite things, and mostly when I see them confirmed, I love them. Yeah. Like in real life, and it's just like, it just makes my heart full. When <laughs> side, side note, uh, because I don't know if we'll get to it in this episode or not, but Aladdin, we recently took our daughter to her first drive-in movie theater experience and saw the new Aladdin remake. So she loves it. <laughs> Twice now, while at the mall, she's seen guys in turbans. Oh boy. And will point out and say, he's from Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, she's not wrong, but yeah, yeah don't point fingers and say it that loudly. Right. Anyways. Um, I, some Muslim friends mine. I always just joke and assume that Aladdin's our favorite Disney movie. <laughs> it's very insensitive of me, I know. Whatever. Anyways, Miss Bianca's Eva Gabor. I don't know if that means anything to anyone, I'm sure. I recognize the people. names. I know Zsa Zsa Gabor. 
Right. I don't know if they're sisters. John Candy's Wilbur. But McLeach, the poacher, uh, who's the bad guy, spoiler alert, voiced by George C. Scott, is incredible. Like, he's such a good villain because he's just a regular guy and it's not like I'm trying to take over the world like right. I hate when a villain is like I mean Ursula wants to rule the undersea kingdom or whatever so she wants power but this guy is just trying to make a buck don't you realize a bird that size is worth a fortune selling rare animals or whatever like he's That's a poacher that's why Spider-Man Homecoming works. Yeah, because it's not and even Casino Royale. It's there. There's no satellite in the sky yeah. taking over the world. It's just terrorism funding. Yes, like it's just like yes. This is there's something about no one ever tries to take over the world. Like even Hitler and Stalin didn't really try to take over the world. Like Hitler, like yeah, it's like we're gonna take over Europe and a bunch of Africa, but I don't even think they ever thought, yeah, we're gonna take over the world. <laughs> Whereas the movies, it's always like, yeah, we're gonna take over the world. I don't even think you can. <laughs> like even the most powerful empires ever, right? It's like, yeah, the Roman Empire. Yeah, it's Europe and a bunch of the Middle East. It's like congratulations. <laughs> there's so much of the British Empire there's so much you've not taken over that's my little rant about taking over the world um yeah so he's not trying to take over the world he's got an awesome truck like it's uh, you can't even call it a truck like it, you can't even describe it it's got <laughs> tracks it's got a cage on the but back but you'll try it's <laughs> this is yeah there's a great shot of it like going airborne and the camera's underneath and it's like you hear the hum of the engine it's just like right. crashes down and it's just amazing um his animal sidekick is joanna which is uh i think the lizard's actual name is like a goanna um and it's not obnoxious it's just like an evil animal sidekick right it likes to eat eggs so like yeah, that's about it. And it can be scary at times. It's not too human, which is weird because all the other animals talk, but it doesn't. It actually, I don't, I don't know if that's just because you only see it interact with him, really. I don't know. There's a lot of good characters in this small story. You're coming with me, boy. My mama called the Rangers. Oh, no. Not the Rangers. What'll I do? What'll I do? Don't let your ma call the rangers, please. <laughs> My poor baby boy got eaten by the crocodile. Boo hoo. Let's go, boy. Buy it. Like yeah. Alright, I got it on the Amazon list here. Not even 80 minutes, 77 minutes. It's it's a brisk, solid adventure, start to finish. 77. That's shorter than two 45-minute episodes, right? 45 minutes. What? Do you math? 90. <laughs> 44 minutes. No, but like an hour, like a Star Trek, like Next Generation, and episodes 44 minutes. So that'd be 88. What did I say? 
You said it was less than. This is 77. That's less than. Yes. Yeah. No, so that's what I'm saying. Like a two-parter traditional okay, TV so show. Oh, it's shorter. Than, it's yes, shorter yes. than like Star Trek Best of Both Worlds Part 1 and 2. Yes. Is roughly a little less than 90 minutes. Right. Uh, yeah. So don't watch TV. Watch Rescuers Down Under. I will. Uh, it's. I'm convinced everything that is good has already been made. <laughs> <laughs> There's very... Not... Not completely true. There's always little things like uh, Mad Max that comes out or whatever that is amazing and it's going to be for all time. And even though I don't think they're the greatest movies ever, I do think Infinity War and Endgame are something special. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's... Game of Thrones, all these TV shows, it's like, it's just trash and that no one's ever going to come back to them the way... You yeah. come back to other TV shows and movies or yeah. whatever. Calling things trash might be going too far, <laughs> but they are very throwaway, especially TV. Game of Thrones, yeah. I don't know. You might be able to go back through, but I didn't watch the last two seasons, so I don't know. Right, and um, everyone says it went downhill. Yeah. So, But like even stuff like Breaking Bad, I watched it. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever watch it I know. again. I, I have watched, no reason to. I watched it, and I loved it. Yeah. But I will never... I haven't, I haven't seen it for years, and I have no desire to yeah. watch it again. Yeah. It's too big. Whereas a 77-minute Rescuers Gone Under, <laughs> you can watch daily. Yeah. <laughs> Just between... Do a, wake up early, watch a little bit, come home, yeah. watch a little bit. Uh, John Candy voices Wilbur. Okay. And he's not over the top. He's he's uh, right on on the mark. What can I get you? How about a nice mango Maui cooler? Very, very nice. Very tasty. You know, no, thank you. Or uh, what do I got? Uh, oh, the coconut guava nectar? It's carbonated. Very nice. I got little umbrellas for each one of them and a little coconut thing. And it's no, cute. it's urgent that you leave immediately. Nothing. Nothing at all. Wilbur. How about a cream toast? There's, there's a lot to love about this movie, and... Uh, yeah, visuals are great. It definitely does not get the praise it deserves, so I could keep going, but uh, I don't want to spoil it because I, I think on this podcast, like you're saying, those lesser known things right. will keep under wraps. I think there'll be some more where we go back and we're trying to sell movies, so right. this Di is one of those yeah. that... Yes, Diamonds in the Rough... Yes. type of things where yeah there's some the obvious ones that are great famous movies that's what they are they're famous so we don't really have to tell there there there's no secret feels like this is a secret and i'm looking forward to yes it. uh and yeah it it may fall under just nostalgia to an extent but i feel like there are those movies that i revisit because I love them as a kid and it doesn't quite hold up, but this is one of those that does. Talking about nostalgia, I think nostalgia is actually one of my favorite things. <laughs> More than I like stereotypes. <laughs> Just, even if it's not longing for the good old days, but pretending that there was good old days and that, like, just like everything. We were at Wonderland today and the water area, not the water park, but just like some of the fountains. fountains and stuff, but like near the swan, it's like yeah. this smells like all the dark 
water rides at Disney. Like, I guess they treat the water the same or whatever. And it's just like, when smells can make you remember things. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just great. And it's nostalgic. And like, I love that garbage flowing over me. <laughs> that garbage flowing. When just, yeah, nostalgia, even if it's not, you're maybe remembering it more better, more positively than it actually was. Rose-colored glasses. I love it. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's great. I mean, I, it's great to an extent when you get to the point where you are defending something that isn't objectively great, but you have great memories with it. Right. I'm trying to think of something. I don't know if I've really. I'm trying to make fun of you right now and think of something that you like that's wrong. (laughs) But I can't Um, think of anything right off the top. Yeah, like there are most things uh, from when I was a kid. If I see it, like I was just talking uh, today about the Jetsons movie. Right. It's not a great movie, but it's one that as a kid. That I, I really wanted to see whenever I was at a friend's house. And and then we owned Jetsons Meet the Flintstones, which I have not seen recently. So in my mind, it's still so great. <laughs> <laughs> and I really want to get my hands on that because that's something my siblings and I would watch and quote. And I'm right. sure watching it, I, I, I can't even think of what certain lines are. I can picture certain parts. Like there's a there's a poker scene, <laughs> right? I'm sure there's lines from that. There's all these little things that it's like, it would bring back great memories. So whether or not it's great or not, I'm sure now I can watch it and say, as a movie, no, it's not a masterpiece, but <laughs> it's entertaining and is elevated by the nostalgia. Um, Rescuers Down Under, I think goes above that where it is legitimately good and it came at that time and they have that like golden eagle scene or something or hawk yeah so the golden eagle is the whole plot really he oh. saves it at the beginning he sets it free okay. uh and the poacher is trying to find it and he realizes the kid knows where its nest is mm-hmm. so he's just trying to find it that's the whole thing so the the that that scene that um, maybe it's famous because the animation is incredible. He releases it because it's tied down on top of a mountain and goes flying off the mountain, and he's falling to his presumable death. Like it's pretty right. dark. There's even a whole tear coming out his eye as he's going down. Like it's incredible, <laughs> uh, and his shirt is flying all over in the wind. Like it's so well done, and then. Of course, the eagle saves them, and there's a whole flying together and right bonding thing. Something like you, I don't know it. I'm gonna watch it, but that uh, teardrop stuff. See, that's why improv does not suck. But like that took animators thinking about, oh, we're gonna improve this, and like, how about we do this? It's like, oh yeah, and it's like if you just jumped into this, yeah, you and like. Make this, and that I feel my animation. I would not say it's better, n- not even it's a whole different thing, but what makes it special than uh, just live action 
is like everything is so deliberate yeah and thought through every frame is thought about so it's not you're not getting things by chance although really describing it that way my mind immediately goes to and maybe it's a blanket statement that's not quite fair but almost any other studio besides Pixar and Disney such as DreamWorks is borderline because they've pumped out a lot of sequels right they do some good stuff but that's how I feel about all those like trolls the emoji movie whatever like I feel it's I don't know if this is true but I feel it's easier now like it just seems computer like animation in the in the sense that yeah there there's not as much thought where Pixar you hear the stories of how many times they go through things and re- revise and keep refining it right whereas I feel like a lot of those other ones like uh, a movie about emojis that, right. that's a very basic <laughs> example right. obviously that movie's trash but uh, even trolls it's like there's music there's popular voice actors right that sells you enough you don't really need i've I've seen like the beginning of it and it's big i don't know it's it's not worth my time yeah i i don't know maybe it's uh yeah not obviously not all 2d stuff is awesome far from it but i just think it might be an element of it takes work especially 2d yeah hand-drawn obviously you're very deliberate about things right with cg you can model a character and just pose it and right. you can do things pretty quickly compared right. to back in the day yeah there's all sorts of other things that are added for rendering and shading and all that but in the process of actually animating a person yeah it's it's a lot easier now so yeah the 2d animation is definitely more deliberate and thought out mm-hmm I look forward to it. Is it a five out of five? Um, I don't know that I would. It's a solid four. Four? If, if not four and a half because of the nostalgia. It's it's one of those movies, it's just, it's a good movie. Right. And I, it obviously excites me a lot of things about it because I'm trying to sell it to someone. But, uh... Yeah, it's. I, I mean, it's not our next movie. It's. It's not Beauty and the Beast, uh, which goes above and beyond just being an entertaining adventure flick. Right. And I think uh, that pretty much does it. Uh, next episode will be Beauty and the Beast. Line of sight pod at gmail.com or at line of sight pod on Twitter. Thanks for listening. I want to be where the people are, but you don't need a lot of breath to keep it down. I want to see. Keep it down. There. So not as breathy, but yet not high quality. Like you're talking right now. Yeah. Okay. I want to be where the people are. I want to see. Wanna see them dancing, walking around on those, what do you call them? Oh, feet. So a little yeah. bit lower. Just, that, but just to start there, we'll find yeah, exactly what you gotta do. Okay. I wanna be where the people are. I wanna see 
Wanna see them dancing, walking around on those, what do you call them? Oh, feet. <laughs> Flipping your fins, you don't get too far. Legs are required for jumping, dancing, strolling along down a, what's that word again? Intensity mm -hmm. is better than what would I give is better than, than noise. Than, yeah, right. but they're not doing it from them. It's but it's it's inner intensity. So even them. more, not as singing, mm -hmm. basically. Let use less voice and not more intensity. As, okay. Just get in okay. on yourself. Get yourself get yourself in the place you were in in the, in the big emotional scenes yesterday. Okay. Think of it more that. Like 